0: Precious name. Amen. Amen Maybe seated. Good morning Welcome to Rimrock What a joy to be together. So middle of last week I get a text from uh, Tom saying there's a grandbaby on the way And so uh, they yeah, so they uh, I asked him this morning any news and he said no, it hasn't decided to come yet so <laughs> they're still waiting but uh, Actually, it's Rob's grandbaby as well. So we're praying for a But uh, so thankful for our worship team, for Janet stepping in uh, while they're away. Would you uh, join me in prayer as we uh, get ready to seek the Lord this morning? Lord, we thank you for your word, and uh, we need it. As you said, Jesus, man does not depend on bread alone, but every word that comes from your mouth. Lord, I'm aware that uh, we come with many things and burdens and thoughts and distractions but God right now we set aside our hearts and we ask that God you would speak to us that you would fill us that you would show us your glory in your way in Jesus name Amen so as we continue through Romans I have to admit as I was preparing for this message uh, I was surprised Uh, I've read Romans many times and, and studied it, but uh, this um, Convicted me and drew my attention in a really cool way personally and I think for our church the other thing I was thinking about as I was uh, preparing this week was that Jesus is in charge and the Holy Spirit <laughs> is overseeing the work of of our church and um, what a beautiful convergence of Our passage and what James already shared uh, this morning about what's happening in India uh, around the mission of God, because our passage addresses this. But more than just this Sunday, as we've gone through Romans, I've been so aware of the Spirit's leading and who preaches and how each passage is at work in our lives. Not only on Sunday mornings, but in the groups and individuals that are going through the study guide, and and the Holy Spirit is powerful. He's, he's doing the work of transforming and working in our lives so that the good news doesn't just become some good news out there somewhere, but good news for us, <laughs> and that is what God is doing. And so this morning as we uh, get ready to read out of uh, Romans 15, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. If you're willing, we, won't, we don't stand every Sunday morning, but I'd like once in a while to stand in honor of God's Word As we read it together, starting verse 14 through verse 22. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written to you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God sanctified by the Holy Spirit Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus and my service to God I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I've said and done by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Iucrillium, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel, where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand, This is why I've been hindered from coming to you. You may be seated. So in our journey from Romans, we're coming at another transition point. Um, In one sense, the main body of what God has revealed to Paul has already been shared. Uh, Last week, uh, Dave shared Romans chapter 13, where in a sense, Paul gives a benediction. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, so that you may overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, in a sense, Paul is giving the the benediction and and the conclusion to this amazing, beautiful, deep, profound news of Jesus. And he explores it in some profound ways in the book of Romans. And so, in a sense, he's coming to an end, and now he's beginning a very personal side of the letter. Because remember, this is a letter to a church, to people. And later we're going to go through a list of individuals that Paul uh, names. But here in verse 14, there's a transition happening where Paul begins to share very personally about his own ministry and God's own call in his life. But here was the surprise for me is, is Paul in verse 14 says, this is more than just my call. In fact, Paul introduces uh, a beautiful truth here that the, the work of God is such that we are called brothers and sisters. So Paul isn't speaking down to the church. He is speaking to them as brothers and sisters. And this, I think, reminds us of the great central truth of the gospel is that Jesus made a way when you remember when he died on the cross, the curtain was torn And that holy of holy place that only a priest could go in once a year was torn and opened up. And so in a sense, the cross becomes the way for every man, every woman, every child, every person to come into direct contact with the living God, the creator of the universe. And so no longer, the Bible tells us in the gospel, do we need a mediator. Rather, we have one mediator, Jesus Christ. So there's no priest or pastor or other person who stands between you and God. You have direct access, relationship, power from the living God. In fact, 1 Peter 2 says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is a wonderful truth. And of many of the truths of the gospel, it's one that I think Satan attacks often. Um, In fact, the Christian church for many years was clouded in in this uh, separation where priests preached out of a Latin Bible, even though the people didn't understand Latin. And it wasn't until the Reformation that we began to recapture the truth that the gospel is available to all of us, that we are all priests that we all have direct access to God and and thank God that we have the word of God in our language um, As James was talking some of these people who have never heard of the name of Jesus do not have the word of God in their language But praise God that there are people Translating transmitting these words in every language and so thank God for those who came before us who did this in English John Wycliffe he translated the Bible into English and The price he paid was the burn at the stake. This was a heavy price that he paid, but he knew the treasure of the gospel and what it would do in our lives, that it would set us free, that it would give us love and joy and relationship with God, that we could really live the way God wants us to live. And so praise God that we are the priesthood of God. And so Paul is saying that you are filled with goodness and knowledge, and you're competent. Um, You're competent. So what is Paul saying? His role is to remind us We need reminding but we are competent to hear from God to allow the Spirit of God to work in us to teach us to show us the truths of the gospel And this is great uh, Comfort for me as a pastor that I can share and proclaim and 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 teach the gospel But but the transformation isn't in my hands or your hands in other people's lives rather It is the Spirit of God that is at work Transforming and changing and making new in our lives. It's his power at work and Paul reminds us of that and so Paul is going to talk about his particular mission, but the the surprise for me and I think the great truth of what Paul is saying Is we are all called into mission The church is called into the mission of God each one of you individually and corporately Paul is going to talk about his particular mission But in verse 14 the sense is Paul is laying the foundation that we share this call to the gospel together But Paul's going to talk about his particular mission, which is, in verse 16, to be a minister of Christ Jesus, which is all of us. We are all called in Christ Jesus to be ministers, to be children, to be followers, to know Him, to live with Him, and to share Him with others. But his particular mission is what? To the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. And so Paul says, he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God. That is all of us. We are called to be a kingdom of priests. But his particular call, so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And so we begin to see our lives like Paul through the lens of the gospel. When we have understood what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross, how he has rescued us from our sin, how he's given us new life and filled us with the Holy Spirit, He's given us righteousness through the blood of Jesus. All our shame and guilt is covered over with His blood. We have a righteous new covering and we're transformed and we're made holy into the image of God through the work of the Holy Spirit. And as we've been learning in Romans, it's all this is done so that we can live a new life of love. Love for God and love for others. And this life of love is marked by hope. Hope in a, in a glory that's not fading but is increasing. This world has put their hope in things that do not last, but not us. The gospel shows us the increasing glory of God, that God is making all things new, that creation itself is being redeemed and transformed, and that Jesus is going to accomplish the work that he started in us, in our world. And so this gospel becomes a lens for which how we live. And we see that in Paul. And I, I think a lot of us, you know, we, we won't Many of you here won't become pastors or missionaries and sometimes we can in our minds think well those people are somehow Above or or superior, but but the the truth of the gospel is that's not true All of us have a role all of us are priests all of us have a place Pastors and missionaries have a place, but all of us are called to the gospel That is our call in Jesus Christ I had a friend who was a insurance salesman and he'd always tell me it was a cover because he said I'm really A messenger of jesus christ who happens to sell insurance (laughs) And and I love that and many of you do that in your works Your places of work in your particular callings and I often thought about that that He as an insurance salesman had contact with people that I would never come in contact He shared jesus and he saw people come to christ who I would never have an opportunity to share with And think about the people in this room as you go to your places of work or your stay-at-home mom or whatever you do and you sense God's call to that profession, that place of work, of service, and you understand who you are in Christ and the gospel, think about the opportunities to proclaim Christ. Think about the lives that God is using you to touch, to to share Christ with. In the Thessalonian church, the the believers um, heard the gospel and they thought, wow, We're going to quit our jobs and we're just going to pray all day and wait for jesus to come back And so paul wrote a letter to them and he said wait a minute (laughs) The gospel isn't a call to stop working. He said get back to work (laughs) He said go back to work. Jesus is coming back But be busy Get to work And so god has a call for us. This isn't a, a a passive calling god. This is an active paul says it is my ambition There is a passionate Understanding of what God has called. And so what I want to challenge you to think about is, is what is your particular call? Where has God placed you? Where are you serving and working? And do you see it through the lens of the gospel? How are you seeing God work through you to be unashamed of the good news? In fact, that's how Paul started this letter. He said, I am unashamed, right, of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes in chapter 10 he said how will they know unless someone tells them and so we are all called but we each have particular unique callings and so paul's going to talk about his unique particular call i like what paul tripp says here about holiness because paul is saying that this is really a holy calling and a lot of times we have uh, mistaken views of holiness we think it's something superior Or weird or or, or boring And, and these are all misconceptions and the gospel invites us to a holiness that's marked by what love purpose hope peace passion for God and so I like what Paul Tripp says he says to say you are holy means you have been set apart by God's grace for God's purpose isn't that sweet your allegiance is no longer to the kingdoms of your success and happiness But to the progress of his kingdom and glory and grace and where do you do this? You do this wherever you are whomever you're with and whatever you're doing (laughs) Did You hear that? holiness is a life that's been separate separated by God not one of of, uh, Away from other people or from your particular calling but within your calling it is filled with a new purpose and a new glory and a new grace so that you become a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you're at. And Paul in verse 17, and these are convicting verses for me, Paul begins to talk about his own particular call of taking the gospel to the Gentiles, but then he's addressing issues that we face every day. We ask ourselves every day, am I successful? And what is motivating me to do what I do? These are Critical questions for us to wrestle with and convicting questions as we examine our own lives. What what motivates us? What gets us up in the morning? What am I really looking for for success? And this is what Paul says Because of that call of Christ because of what God has done in him in the gospel He says therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God (laughs) Paul's success was the glory of God and my dear brothers and sisters, I think that is the only measure of success that we can hold on to, because all other measures will fail us. Uh, money will run out. Uh, our houses will will break down. Our careers will end one day. All these things are temporary. They're fading. They have a place. We have a service, but they are not lasting. And so, what is Paul saying? What is success? It is god's glory. It is jesus christ. It is his faithfulness to us and our love for him And what motivates us? What motivates us in verse 18? I will not venture to speak of anything Except what christ has accomplished in me. Wow. That's an amazing statement We we all have a tendency to boast and and we 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 want to talk about a lot of things that either we have accomplished or things we've done or seen But Paul is saying at the end of the day, our boast is in God. Because he's the one who provides for us. He gives us the energy, the calling, the abilities that we have. And so what is our motivation? It's the glory of God. Our boast is in God and what he's accomplished. And then Paul goes on to say what's happened. There's miracles have happened. Things have, amazing things have happened. And then he says signs and wonders. And then he says by God's Spirit through his power, I've been able to preach this message from Jerusalem all the way to Eastern Europe. <laughs> so in India, the missionaries are going by bicycle. Paul didn't even have a bicycle. He had to go places uh, without any of the conveniences that we have, and it was difficult. And as he went into different places, people threw stones at him. People beat him. People threw him into prison. It was difficult. But he's saying, God empowered me to accomplish this. (laughs) His boast was in God. His glory was in God. But he was driven. He was compelled to be part of what God had called him to do. I love that tension. God doing it, but we're doing it too. (laughs) It's both. It's both engaged and fully in what God has called us, but knowing that it's not our glory, it's not our power. It's God at work. It's God that's doing it. And as we conclude here this morning, I want to focus on something that's really important. Paul's particular call to take the gospel where it had never been heard before is still important in the church. This morning, James mentioned that we're still in the book of Acts. And I've also often thought it's really interesting that the book of Acts has no conclusion. <laughs> There's no conclusion. Concluding verse it. it, It's the story of the the Holy Spirit being poured out on the people of God as they take the message of God The message of Jesus to the world and we're still living in those days In fact, Jesus said in his final words. He said go and Make disciples of all nations now that word nations a lot of times we think nations we think okay United States Canada Mexico nation-states, but that word in the Greek means people group people group so Different groups of people within different nations who need to hear Jesus and what he's done in the cross and what he's providing in the resurrection. This new life of love, this new holiness of purpose and calling to live the life of blessing, the life of goodness, the life of righteousness in Jesus. And so I did some research. Joshua Project says there are seventeen thousand sixteen people groups in the world today. Think about that. 17,000 distinct, unique people groups marked by language, culture, tradition, tribes. Here's the good news. (laughs) Over about 10,000 of those groups have been reached with the message of Jesus. (laughs) Think about it. 12 men who followed Christ, 120 in the upper room at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. And think about the impact of that. We're here today, and I've often thought about this, we're at the ends of the earth here in South Dakota, you realize? (laughs) We're at the utter far reaches of the earth, and yet the message of Jesus has come here. But there's an unfinished task. In fact, Jesus said there is no plan B. His only plan is to use us to take this message. God has chosen us. He's filled us with the Holy Spirit to take the message There are 7,082 people groups who have not yet heard the message of Jesus and do not have a church like Rimrock being a witness, active, living witness of the power of God. Let me put that in context. 7,000 groups is 41% of the population of the world, which is over 3 billion people. 3 billion people are waking up today waiting to hear the good news of Jesus. The good news is God has not left this task to us alone. He's filled us with the Holy Spirit. And he's put us in a body that's bigger than just Rimrock. That's why we can partner with our brothers and sisters in India. And they are willing to go to those unreached groups. Of those three billion, many of them are in India. Many of them are in India. And praise God for the report we heard this morning. The Spirit of God is at work There are people like Paul who are called to take the message of Jesus where it has never been heard, where it hasn't been established yet. And as the worship team comes up, here's the the final vision I want to leave us with this morning out of Revelation. This is the vision God gave the Apostle John. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Think about it, a multitude And it says every nation, every tribe, every people, every language standing before the throne, before the Lamb. People in India who today are being baptized because the message of Jesus reached them will be standing there. People in your workplace who would have no opportunity to know the glory and the beauty and the majesty of God can be there one day As We share this message and here's the good news. They were wearing white robes. That means they're righteous. They're clean They're made new they're in God's presence with no shame no fear They're totally enjoying the love and the glory of God and they were holding palm branches in their hands and here's what they cried out Salvation belongs to our God and who sits on the on the throne and to the lamb salvation belongs to God